Hello, everyone. It's Eves checking in here to let you know that you're going to be hearing two different events in history in this episode, one from me and one from Tracy V. Wilson. They're both good, if I do say so myself. On with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's November 30th. Queen Elizabeth I delivered her golden speech on this day in 1601. The speech was before members of the House of Commons, and it was expected to be about economic issues. In particular, they were expecting her to talk about monopolies. Monopolies were a contentious issue, and the Queen had previously pledged to subject all monopolies to, quote, the trial and true touchstone of the law. But then she didn't actually carry through on that pledge. So monopolies were widely attacked in the House of Commons because they drove up prices, they bestowed an unfair advantage on the people who had the monopolies. No one else was allowed to take part in that area of business. So this led to some contentious arguing on the subject until the Queen finally agreed to abolish some of the monopolies that she had been granted and to do what she had said, expose others to trial under common law. So this speech on November 30th was expected to stick to this topic of monopolies. It was delivered in the council chamber at Whitehall. And it did start out this way. She started with an acknowledgement that, quote, we perceive your coming is to present thanks to us. That's thanks for dealing with this issue of monopolies. And it went on to say, quote, Of myself, I must say this. I never was any greedy, scraping grasper, nor a strict, fast-holding prince, nor yet a waster. My heart was never set upon any worldly goods, but only for my subject's good. What you do bestow on me, I will not hoard up, but receive it to bestow on you again. Yea, mine own properties, I account yours to be expended for your good, and your eyes shall see the bestowing of it for your welfare." She went on to thank the Speaker and the lower house because she said that without them, she might have made the wrong decision just because she didn't have the correct information. So she was thanking them for raising her attention to this issue. She said that she had made these grants through a focus on the greater good and that they wouldn't be allowed to stand if instead of working toward the greater good, they were instead causing a grievance or oppression. But then her focus shifted a bit. She started talking more about how she saw herself as a monarch and what she felt for her kingdom and her subjects. She said, quote, The zeal of which affection, tending to ease my people and knit their hearts unto us, I embrace with a princely care far above all earthly treasures. I esteem my people's love more than which I desire not to merit. And God that gave me here to sit and placed me over you knows that I never respected myself, but as your good was concerned in me. Yet what dangers, what practices, and what perils I have passed, some, if not all of you know, but none of these things do move me or ever made me fear, but it is God that hath delivered me. And she ended this speech by really acknowledging that she was getting very close to the end of her reign. She was 68 years old at this point, and she said, quote, For it is not my desire to live or reign longer than my life and reign shall be for your good. 
And though you have had and may have many mightier and wiser princes sitting in this seat, yet you never had nor shall have any that will love you better. Thus, Mr. Speaker, I commend me to your loyal loves and yours to my best care and your further counsels, and I pray you, Mr. Controller and Mr. Secretary, and you of my counsel, that before these gentlemen depart to their countries, you bring them all to kiss my hand. It was reported that many in the room were deeply moved by the speech. Some of them moved to tears. It was Queen Elizabeth I's last speech to Parliament, and she died on March 24th of 1603. The golden speech was written down by someone in the room. It was printed and distributed in what might have been considered an official version. It was also reprinted several times throughout the 1600s under the reign of subsequent monarchs. And it really became part of Queen Elizabeth I's legacy, really emblematic of her relationship that she developed with the nation and its subjects, and the way she used what we would think of today as public relations. She framed what was really a dispute over monopolies as an expression of how much she loved her people and how much they loved her. Thanks to Eves Jeffcoat for her research work on today's podcast, and thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on the show. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And you can tune in tomorrow for a woman who was tired of giving in. Hi, everyone. I'm Eves. Welcome to This Day in History class, a show that will convince you that history can be fascinating even when you expect it not to be. The day was November 30th, 1954. The Sylacauga meteorite, also known as the Hodges meteorite, crashed into the home of Anne Elizabeth Fowler Hodges and hit her. That day, people in eastern Alabama reported seeing a fireball and a trail of smoke. People in Georgia and Mississippi also reported seeing the meteor. Usually, meteorites crash into an ocean or into a remote area on Earth. But this afternoon, Hodges was taking a nap on her couch in her Sylacauga, Alabama house. Around midday, the meteorite crashed through the roof of her home, smashed a hole in her living room ceiling, hit a radio, then bounced off of her hip. The meteorite weighed eight and a half pounds, or about 3.9 kilograms, and it was seven inches, or 18 centimeters, long. So many people showed up at Hodges' house that her husband, Eugene, had difficulty getting inside. Physician Moody Jacobs examined Hodges' injuries. Her hip and hand were swollen, but she did not sustain any major injuries. She just developed a bruise on her hip and her leg. Jacobs sent Hodges to the hospital so she could avoid all the commotion. People in the area said that they heard an explosion and saw a cloud that accompanied it. A government geologist working at a nearby quarry was sent to Hodges' residence and determined that the object was a meteorite. The meteorite was taken to Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery. After Air Force specialists identified the object as a meteorite as well, they sent it to curators at the Smithsonian Institution. The meteorite was eventually sent back to Alabama. But because the Hodges were renting from their landowner, Bertie Guy, and precedents said that the meteorite belonged to the landowner, Guy sued the Hodges for possession of the meteorite. 
The Hodges threatened to countersue Guy for her injuries. So Guy backed down and let the Hodges have the claim to the meteorite, and the dispute was settled out of court. Hodges' husband, Eugene, thought they could make a lot of money off of the meteorite, and he turned down an offer that he thought was too low from the Smithsonian Institution. The press continued to cover Hodges and her unusual story. The day after Hodges was hit, a farmer named Julius K. McKinney found a piece of the meteorite. That fragment is housed at the Smithsonian Institution. Hodges and her husband separated in 1964, and they said that the commotion the meteorite caused contributed to the split. Hodges is the first person in modern history who is confirmed to have been struck by a meteorite. The Silicaga meteorite is on display at the Alabama Museum of Natural History in Tuscaloosa, where Hodges donated it after the monetary offers dried up. Hodges died in 1972 of kidney failure. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you've seen any good history memes lately, you can send them to us on social media at T-D-I-H-C podcast. If email's your thing, send us a note at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.